Hello and welcome back to Behind the Net Podcast. This is episode seven. As always, I'm Matthew and with me is my co-host. Hi guys, it's Michael. Uh, we're back for uh, what should be a really fun episode. Uh, really fun. Yeah, uh, um, we, we got a pretty cool guest coming on later on in the show. Yeah, I mean, uh, last week we had uh, Keyshawn Mystery, um, uh, great photographer. Uh, honestly, he had he had amazing stories and he really knows his his sports. Yeah, it was a really fun uh, conversation. If you haven't listened to it yet, please do. Uh, it'll be right after this one, hopefully. Um, it sucks to hear, though, uh, after when we're recording this, we just found out uh, yesterday that uh, he was one of the layoffs at uh, Yahoo mm-hmm. Sports. So we're here for uh, you. We feel you, man. Yeah, we feel you. But I'm, I'm sure uh, Keyshawn's very, very talented. Like his 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 uh, photos are, are some of the best out there. And I have no doubt he'll get picked up by someone uh someone or some organization i mean hey drake followed him Maybe, yeah hey drake offer my boy a job <laughs> <laughs> yeah hit him up come on um uh, but hey, in hey. today's episode we have uh for all you guys uh who probably watch i, I know a lot of you guys probably do watch uh bar down um uh, we have a very very special guest from bar down we have uh jesse pollock Ooh. um on the show uh for all you guys know he's uh you know the jeff bookaboom uh fanboy <laughs> <laughs> um uh, we'll, we'll find more master, about that the quiz master patrick line's number one fan uh the only person to make it out of winnipeg via plane if, <laughs> if that such a thing exists i mean uh we'll, we'll talk about all that and more today but uh stay tuned for that i mean that'll be great but we'll start the podcast with um obviously what's going on what's been going on yesterday mm-hmm. i had the pleasure of going to uh Kawhi's return you lucky the raptors game raptors versus clippers <laughs> and man it was crazy it was it was insane. Yeah, I saw the uh, intro uh, when they gave him the ring, and he was sh- shaking hands with everybody. Uh, that was a pretty cool moment for sure. Um, that it's was glad. It's glad that he was back uh, in, in good spirits. Uh, looked like the f- the fans gave him a very warm reception, and uh, I mean, we'll talk about the game results in a bit. But uh, I think you couldn't have drawn it any better, considering it, the guy that Kawhi is. It was it was awesome. Like I was there for the the shoot around. Um, I was fortunate enough to get into the shoot around, and. Uh, so we were all watching, you know, the Raptors warm up mm-hmm. around. And then um, as soon as Kawhi, he was like the only Clipper, I guess the first Clipper. There were there were many Clippers coming out to shoot around. But um, let's be honest, everyone's eyes were on Kawhi once he came out. As soon as he came out, everyone's focus just shifted from, you know, Chris Boucher. And then um, I think Marcus All was there warming up and it, it, it shifted over to Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> he brought... Uh, huge flock of media i think i tweeted this out but it was like he's just shooting his free throws yeah and over there underneath the uh basket on the sidelines is like 30 photographers like it was insane yeah what was the atmosphere like uh would would you say uh how would you describe it like when the game started yeah not just uh the game but also just like during that uh, time when he was just like shoot around everyone was just in awe like it's crazy because when he was a Raptor, like we were all in awe as well, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But now that he's gone and he's come back, you'd really take in how special of a player he is. And he was a Raptor, and that's just crazy. Yep. Just, that's just crazy to think about. So when the game started, I mean, everyone knew, like they started a little early so that they can uh, do a pre-ring, pre-game ring ceremony for him. And the place exploded. 
the place just exploded. I, I I didn't hear any booze. It was it was all just cheers. Um, it was so nice. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty appreciative of that because uh, we've seen a lot of players uh, come back to Toronto and some of them get uh, less than stellar receptions. Like uh, for example, when Phil Kessel made his uh, grand return uh, a few years ago. I think there was quite a bit of booze, and I know that he didn't get a video tribute. Like I'm sure Kawhi got a. Did he get a video tribute? Yeah, so it was like, um, you know, usually, like when De- uh, Demar came back, it was like they usually do it during the first TV timeout or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this one because they were having a pre-game ring ceremony, it just kind of tied in all together. So they played a video. In fact, they didn't even announce his name in the starting lineups. They they Ooh. they announced like the starting lineups for the Clippers, but they skipped over him, and then they said, you know, pay attention to the, uh, to the to the screen. Uh, okay. And then it was his video tribute essentially, and then his ring. I think that's probably the best way of doing it. You don't need to make it uh, like it's not like any other kind of return because like there's no other player who won an M- Finals MVP. And then left for a different team in the way that Kawhi did. Like, there's nothing like it. So yeah, I think like, to do it like that is probably the best way you could have done it. This has been a completely unique experience for the Raptors. Um, obviously, I don't even think has there been a situation like this, like just a, a rental player basically carrying the whole team. I mean, I, it was a team effort, but let's let's be honest. Um, basically, getting them to their first championship and then leaving. Do you? What kind of respect do you pay to them? Like, do you? Uh, just give them the ring. People were talking about putting up a statue, retiring the number. I think that's too much because I I, I just think that's too much. But for now, yeah, for if, now. But because he may come back. There's a there's still a possibility because his career is still so young. What is yeah. he like 27, 28 right 20, now? Twenty twenty one. Let's hope. Yeah, it's po- it's totally possible he could come back because uh, Kawhi really the only reason he went to the Clippers is because he wanted to spend time with family because that's just where his home is and mm-hmm. I don't blame him for that, but. His career is still uh, there's still more to be told, mm-hmm. and I think he's young. Yeah, and, and since he loved Toronto so much, I wouldn't be surprised if one day he considers uh, coming back. But yeah, so uh, I mean, the game started, and then uh, the Raptors they did come out pretty hot, actually. You know, they were uh, shutting down Kawhi and Paul George. They were playing good defensively. They were missing a lot of shots though, and that's what I noticed uh, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, Fred VanVleet was out. Again, so, um, you know, the Raptors didn't really have their full roster again, but it started out, you know, Raptors trailing, but they were still kind of in it. And then once it kind of hit halftime, hope was starting to go down. I remember in the third quarter, though, the Raptors did have a comeback and they cut it within, I believe, five or six. Yeah. From basically 18 points. They, 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 they went on a run. Um, but it just, I don't, I don't even want to say they gave up, but they were just shooting bricks. Like there's no other way to put it. I feel like that happens a lot with the Raptors lately. Cause I remember, uh, we were talking about this on the last podcast where they're playing the heat. Uh, the game like was going down to the wire and then it goes to overtime. And then in the extra frame, the uh, Raptors were, uh, shooting uncharacteristic, uh, shots from range and in, in the paint. Uh, it's like something you wouldn't expect them to, to do, uh, my guess is that's probably just something to do with the, the fact that they're still learning how to play without Kawhi, and they're still learning how to deal with life as Siakam as their main guy. And I think last night was a perfect example of that. Like, I think I guess you could, if you could predict what what was possibly uh, causing their hot streak at the start, and I think it was possibly to do with the Kawhi ceremony. They wanted to show, hey, 
you you should have come you should have stayed with us and they were trying to prove a point but Mm -hmm. the game like the clippers are clearly the better team compared to the raptors no disrespect but i think it was pretty clear as the game progressed that the clippers were more in control and i think we saw that last night for sure and we'll get to the clippers soon but i mean pascal siakam there's been a lot of talk especially after last night's game that um you know, is he ready to lead a team? Or I, I think he's ready. It's just there's going to be some time that he has to really figure things out, um, figuring out how to lead a team, figuring out how to, um, you know, uh, be the number one option. And uh, there's definitely a learning curve, and I think we're seeing it right now. We saw him come out hot, yeah. and I think, personally, I think I see it's because him and Fred Van Vliet have, a, like, very good chemistry very good for chemistry but if pascal siakam wants to be the number one option he has to learn to not just play good with certain players but actually make the other make anyone around him better mm-hmm. and, and I that's think, what all stars do yeah exactly uh this is like what the first season that siakam has the the controls for the team like you can't just say hey take the keys and you'll figure it out like right away that doesn't happen with every player look how long it took uh Giannis to uh get to the level that he's at where he's essentially an MVP candidate and being considered the next LeBron James, like in terms of like impact along the league. Like it takes time and credit for credits to Siakam has come a long way in his developments. It's been pretty impressive to see, mm-hmm. but I think we're seeing that uh, he still has a lot more to learn. And I think even he knows it. And I think that's a positive sign that we're not, we haven't seen Siakam at his absolute best yet. For sure. I uh, definitely think P- Pascal Siakam will actually developing something much better i mean Kawhi leonard said it himself after the game um in a post-game scrum um he said you know him leaving kind of allowed siakam to kind of turn into this player turn into the player he wants to be right you know he's not held back from a star player that's basically on top of him in the in the rankings for the team right Mm -hmm. or in the pecking order in, in a sense but yeah um i definitely think it just needs time then going into the Clippers, though, they're 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 legit. They're sure. the real deal. I know the last couple of weeks they haven't been playing that well. I know Kawhi Leonard hasn't been playing that well. I mean, that's he's been playing well, but to Kawhi's to Kawhi's expectations, he hasn't been playing that well. You know, he went into the season arguably, um, arguably people are saying you know the number one player in the league. I thought he was going into the uh, season as the number one player in the league. Mm-hmm. And when you're holding him to that kind of those high expectations and he doesn't, I mean, he still perform, but just not to that extent, um, you know, people were kind of doubting the Clippers, but I think we could see that the Clippers are the real deal. And I think they're built very strongly. They're very deep. And um, I know they've recently, I know standings didn't show up before, but now they're starting to rise anyway. Um, I think, I think I'd I'd take them over the Lakers. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, just because of age uh, for Kawhi and Paul George is better compared to uh, LeBron and uh, AD. No, well, AD is still pretty AD's young. AD's younger, yeah. yeah. But I will say this, just to quickly add to your point about Kawhi struggling out of the gate a little bit, I think he was still uh, lingering from something in the playoffs. For sure, for and, sure. Because uh, we did notice that uh, at some point in the Bucks series, uh, his production kind of tailed off a little bit. And he was kind of being a slightly passive. I wouldn't say like he was fully passive, but you could tell he was playing slightly differently, and like he was like just barely hanging on, like staying on the court because he knew that the, they had they had he had to be there in order for them to win. So I think he's still recovering from something, and that's potentially impacting his play to start the year, and that's why he's been resting some games. But 
when he's when he's out there, he's he's one of the best. There's no one. There's very few that can stop him. Hundred percent. And I mean, when we're talking about the the league's best players, I kind of want to shift the attention onto you know the other MVP candidates mm-hmm. in the league. I mean, we talked about Kawhi. We talked about Siakam. Who I mean, last week with Keyshawn, we talked about you know Pascal Siakam was ranked fifth on the MVP uh, you know kind of standings. Yep. Um, but what about you right now? Where do you kind of rank your MVP candidates? Um, I think right now it's going to come down to it's a it's a uh, horse race between Giannis and Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of people recognize or realize really just how much of an impact those two have had on their respective teams. Uh, for Luka Doncic especially, uh, it's, it's pretty remarkable what he's been able to do uh, in just his second season at just age 20. If you look at the the Mavericks roster, outside of him, like maybe the only other player of note is Porzingis, and that's like a, a team that last year was near the bottom of the Western Conference. So to see the ascension, the quick ascension that they've got, it's all on Luka Doncic, and I think that he should definitely be in the conversation for MVP because without him, the Mavericks would be near the bottom of the West. And the same thing goes with the Bucks in the East. Like the East is much weaker. Let's not kid ourselves, and they have a slightly better team compared to. Uh, the Mavericks in terms of the cast around Giannis, but Giannis has been on another level this year. He's, I think I saw something earlier today that he's like his PER is one of the best of all time. Like in a season, there's no other player that's had a better mm-hmm. season than him. Like I think it's comes coming down to those two with James Harden probably uh, in the conversation as well. So what what are your rankings? Because for me, I have. For me, I'll look at that. Let me, let me yeah, yeah. That. For me, I have, uh, I know last week they put, um, you know, I think it was Giannis Mm -hmm. and then uh, Giannis and then LeBron second and then Mm -hmm. Luka um, third. I believe James Harden was fourth and then Pascal Siakam. But, I mean, I would actually put Giannis first, Luka second, LeBron third, and then, you know, the same Harden and then uh, Pascal but I mean, we're just seeing right now. I mean, the uh, the Dallas Mavericks are third in the West. Yeah, that's right behind the LA Lakers and the LA Clippers. And um, I mean, that's that's above. Just to put things in perspective, that's above, you know, um, like like established playoff, even title contending teams like the Rockets and the Nuggets and the Jazz. Yep. That's uh, pretty impressive for uh, the Mavericks. Like they're already back in the conversation this quickly. I don't know if this is sustainable because Luca might go through a little bit of a cold stretch, and that's going to really affect them. But if he can continue to stay somewhat consistent, that's going to be really good for them. He's playing insane. Yeah. I think the addition of uh, Porzingis was uh, very helpful. They play very well together. Um, and uh, I mean Giannis again. He I mean he's in the East, so I mean I don't want to say it's easier, but it is easier than the West. Um, to kind of uh, be a top team, um, th- he has a bit of a better team around him. But I'm I'm just saying the the way he's playing though is on another level as well. Yeah. Um, those two are on crazy high levels, and honestly, I I would say it's pretty close. I would give Giannis the edge because, um, I just think he's a little bit more legitimate right now. Of course. Um, but Luca, like 20 years old, like I was just telling you just before we started recording that we get maybe like another 20 years of this. It's and gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to watch insane. Luka Doncic at that's his best. That's insane. 
I, I just can't believe it. Like, I've never seen anything like this before. Like, a 20-year-old absolutely killing the competition the way that I mean, uh, Doncic is. Since like, LeBron James. Yeah, exactly. I think, who who's the next LeBron? It's a really tough question right now. We don't even know. Like, we thought, oh, it's going to be Giannis, because Giannis has been killing it uh, these past few years. But no, Doncic, I don't think Giannis had this dominant of a stretch at the start of his career. And I'll never forget um, going into the draft. Um, all the players, uh, I mean, all the teams kind of doubting Luka Doncic because what, um, who's the uh, last person, you know, who's the last European to actually be successful, right? Um, a high touted, highly touted European draft pick to actually be like very successful or Dirk. live up to the hype, right? That was probably Dirk, Dirk yeah. yeah. Um, so people had their doubts on, uh, even a lot of scouts had their doubts on Doncic, even though he, he, he was, he was, uh, he was arguably like going to be the first overall pick that year. Um, he should have in 2018, but he wasn't, and he went third, um, and he got traded. Actually, like Atlanta, what what were you doing? <laughs> I know um, what the hell. And now just look, like he's like he's not just an MVP caliber t- uh, talent. Like he's like a superstar generational talent. Yep, that's insane. Here's a fun fact, speaking of third overall. Um, Michael Jordan was third overall. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. But guess what? You know, Green Gretzky only participated in one draft in his entire career. Yeah. And in the only draft he ever participated in, he went third. Really? Yep. That was in the uh, WHA one, right? Yeah, o- OHA, the, they called it at the time. But yeah, 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 it's basically the same thing. It's pretty interesting. You'd think that Wayne Gretzky, like the greatest player of all time, like who ended up being, like who's killing it in junior, went third. Mm-hmm. It just tell it just goes to show that uh, even the best players Maybe don't go first. Want the third overall pick rather yep. than the first. Overall I think pick so. Going forward, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's a good transition to hockey. I mean, uh, we're going to talk more about hockey with Jesse, and um, uh, obviously about the Leafs. I think we'll t- we'll save that for the end. Uh, so stay tuned. But uh, big news in the NHL. I mean, uh, a lot more coaches have been getting fired. Yep. Um, last night, it was Peter DeBoer, who was formerly of the San Jose Sharks, was given the, the door, as well as He's a bunch of boot, assistant yep. coaches. Uh, and I think the only person that's staying behind is Bob Bugner, I want to say is how you pronounce his last name. He used to coach the uh, Florida Panthers, and now he's coaching the San Jose Sharks. So yeah. that's a very interesting move. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on it. I mean, first, I mean, it's funny that we have to make the distinction that he was fired for hockey-related reasons yeah. and not for anything else. And, I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, we've seen so many coaches get fired. And um, I don't know. Like you said before, I even I, I'm in agreement. The Sharks were kind of going nowhere this yeah. season, which they're, they're a playoff-caliber team. Even, you know, they were, they were hoping to make a run to the finals again. They've been hoping to do that for the last few years. It's been and, like this for like over 20 years, actually. <laughs> I mean, ever since they made the finals in 2016, they've been trying to get back. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they were just going nowhere this season. And at this point with that team, you need to just make a change. You can't just let the season go to waste. Um, even if the season does go to waste, at least you tried to change something. They had to change something. Uh, similar to how the Leafs were, you know, with a team like this, you don't just let the team or like let the season go to waste. You have to you have to make a change. You have yep. to try right exactly um and that's what i thought and i i really hope san jose can pick things up again um they are one of my favorite teams um on the west but um exactly yeah Yeah, like uh san jose was what in the third round they made it all the way to game six against st louis blues the eventual champions so to think that they've fallen off this far is pretty surprising even for me because like 
yes, they lost Joe Pavelski, and that's a huge loss for them in terms of their offensive capabilities. But you still have Brett Burns. You still have Eric Carlson. You still have Joe Thornton. Uh, Logan Couture. You got Timo Meyer. Uh, who, I can't remember all the other names off the top of my head. Thomas Hurdle. A lot of quality players. Really good you would, team. With a team like that, you should be in the conversation in the West. Don't forget uh, Patty Marlowe's back. Yep, exactly. Joe Thornton. A lot of great players Veterans. on that team. You would think that that team at least is in the conversation to challenge for the Stanley Cup in the West. Mm-hmm. And they're not. They're far from it right now. It's pretty surprising. And, and like you said, they they're they made it to the to the conference finals last season. Like yep. they are that caliber team. How do you fall off that hard? Exactly. And um they need to figure things out. Exactly. Um I think this is like the only move that they could possibly make right now. All the coaches are gone. They have one new head coach for the time being. There's no more excuses on the players. Like, they got to figure this out. If they don't make the playoffs this year, I'm guaranteeing you there's going to be a trade. Or a players of, of like, a veteran like uh, Thornton and Marlowe might be gone by season's end. Well, I mean, they're going to retire. I mean, One of them is. <laughs> Who knows who's going to be. Yeah. It might be Marlowe's probably going to retire. At the tail ends of their career, especially Marlowe. Yeah, exactly. He's been he's been struggling to find that, uh, I mean, a contract in the first place, as we saw. So I don't think there's many teams who'd give him the chance. And I'm pretty sure Sharks... They they pretty much signed him for like you know as an insurance marker exactly that's yeah. a, um, but going into other news and, and kind of going off the coaches I mean we've seen a lot of coaches get fired ever since the the league kind of said you know we're cracking down on um, coaches and and teams who have knowledge of a coach or any kind of misconduct should come forward mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of that happen ever since then. Um, I think you mentioned fun fact. Yeah, we have a pretty fun <laughs> fact. Uh, the, if you guys haven't seen this stat yet, it's going to blow your mind. There so, have been five head coaches mm-hmm. been fired over the past month. And in that time, the Detroit Red Wings have not won a game. Five coaches have been fired since the Red Wings have exactly. won a game. Essentially, that's it's crazy. Actually, it's actually funny. The time that we're recording this, it was. it's exactly been a month since Detroit last won a game. That's crazy. And I mean, I just want to talk about the Detroit Red Wings because I feel like we never talk about We don't, Detroit. Yeah. I mean, what's there to talk about about them? Let's uh, be real. But I think the only thing we could talk about is, are they tanking? I think they are tanking. They most definitely um, are tanking. I don't even think they're tanking. I just think it's a sad, sad team this year. And mm-hmm. I mean that in the best way because Detroit, I, I want it. The league's better when Detroit's competitive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, and they've man, been uh, uh, really good for a long time. Like, this is pretty uh, shocking to see. Just, mm-hmm. just and they've continue. been, to be fair, they've been bad for the last few years, but they've been kind of floating around that lottery pick. Um and I really think uh, I really feel bad if they don't win the lottery this year and they finish with the best odds. I would feel so bad because I think they just need that. They they they're they're due for a first overall pick. Like I think so. After losing for so many seasons, after being at the tail end of the league, and um, you know, just getting middle picks, just getting picks that aren't really doing anything or making impact on their um, in their system. They just need to be gifted that like. Honestly, I, I just want them to be to see them be gifted, uh, you know, Lafreniere or something like that. Yeah. Right now, I'm looking at their record. Uh, if you haven't seen this yet, prepare yourself. So 32 games in, they have a record of 7, 22, and 3. Good for 17 points. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the next closest team is New Jersey with 23. Their goal differential right now, 67 goals for, 129 goals against, a goal differential of... Wait for it, minus 62. I just look at those numbers, and all I can think of is 
Yikes. That's all I've got for Detroit. It's honestly so bad. I feel um, bad for them, man. I feel so bad for them. And I mean, I can't even when, even 2015 with the Leafs, I don't think we, I don't think Leafs fans had a stretch this bad. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. I think for Detroit, they need a franchise cornerstone. They do. But, but more importantly than that, they need defense. Because I've looked at their def- like I can't tell you other than Philip Peronik and Mike Green, who's on their back end. That's anything. That's anything worth noting. Let me tell you here, like, I think they should just blow up the team. I think they should have blown up the team a few years ago, and they mm-hmm. didn't. I don't know why they kept older pieces. They've been keeping pieces. Yeah. They haven't blown blown the team up. They're, it doesn't seem like they're selling. They should be selling every year, but they're not selling. And uh, you told me like, you know, they they just don't have pieces to sell. Who, exactly. Who wants a lot of their pieces at this point? Honestly, going forward, like they've had, they I, I essentially think of it, they've wasted four years of potential rebuilding years. Yes, they did. Um, out of those four years, the only players I would keep is Dylan Larkin and Phil Zadina, maybe and, Tyler Bertuzzi. Mm-hmm. And that's a maybe, as in he could be an attractive piece. But at this point, like start the rebuild again right now, they have building to. around those two players. They're in a very tough spot. Like Anthony Mantha, you said, how they have to keep. Robbie Fabry is a really nice pickup in the trade they made earlier this year. That's somebody you could help uh, help long term. Sedina, they got to figure out where to put him in uh, in the organization because a lot of Red Wing fans keep complaining about the fact that he keeps jumping between the AHL and the NHL. Figure that out. Get some defense and just make a trade, man. Like this is a team that I, I agree with you. They uh, definitely just tried to keep their playoff streak alive, and it's really costing them now. And we're seeing the effects of that. I don't even know what to say about the defense right now. Like I, I, I'm looking at their <laughs> roster and I'm saying like, all of them can go. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. You know, there's a very good uh, percentage. Mike Green might be able to fetch something. Yeah. They, that they, they. Trevor they Daly, for sure. Um, they, they might be able to fetch something by the deadline. Exactly. But the, the, the Red Wings have never been like a selling team, and I always wondered why. Like, they're. I don't. I feel like that was their downfall. They should have tanked earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, they've kind of kept these pieces and just floated within the lottery um, order. I think by when Mike Babcock left in 2015, that's when they should have recognized that their time at the top was, was ending mm-hmm. because there was like a few year stretch where they were just barely making the playoffs and just and not doing anything of note. Like, how can you justify that being as, oh, we're, we're doing well. We just need a few more pieces. We're going to get back to contention's mm-hmm. level status. Like, they shouldn't. I think a lot of Red Wings fans would have recognized that, hey, What's the point of trying to make the playoffs when it's not going to lead us anywhere and we're going to fall down off a cliff real soon? For sure. I so. feel bad for them, like I said. Like I really hope that they get back to contention in the next few years. But they need that piece. They need that exactly. cornerstone. They so do. Red Wings use the season to tank. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, you're not even tanking. You're just bad. Exactly. But, um. Let's let's hope this... let's hope that they they win the lottery. Exactly. I, I, yeah. I think they they need that little. I hope so too. Extra help. On a um, positive note, the Washington mm-hmm. Capitals are really good this year. 51 points leading the NHL. And, and they just won last night against the Boston Bruins. Huge, huge um, credit to John Carlson, I think, because you've got a defenseman leading your team in offense. How's that? Like, well, you, need, you need offensive help? Like, don't look to the forwards. Look to your number one defenseman. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Carlson, I cannot believe the season he's been having. It's... Uh, it's been on he's been on another level i think we're seeing him at his absolute best and it's kind of akin to what mike green was like when he was in his prime with the capitals a few years ago this is 
This is levels above that, though. Oh, yeah, exactly. This is insane. 40, you said, like you said, 45 points, mm-hmm. and we're only... He, in 33 games. Yeah. If he stays healthy, he, there's a very distinct possibility that he could challenge for 100 points. Honestly. As a defenseman. And we haven't seen that in this millennium ever. And it's been a very long time since a defenseman uh, even reached 90 points in a season. So I'm really hoping we can see that because, like, John Carlson has really elevated himself this year. He's very possible you can win the Norris. I don't know if this is he's going to do anything like this again. So I really hope he can do it. I believe he's on pace for 111 points right now. So if he could even hit 100, that's insane. Yeah. He would be, I think we were, I mean, we were looking at these stats beforehand and um, other than Paul Coffey and Bobby Orr, who basically dominate the top 10, the only players who have come close to 100 points, like the only defensemen who have come close to 100 points in this, I guess, like this decade or this millennium is uh, Eric Carlson and Brent Burns. Yep. Who've done it, you know, 2015, 2016, I believe for Eric Carlson, he hit 82 and then Last season, Brent Burns hit 83. That's just crazy. But if Carlson hits 100, that's just insane. Absolutely. And uh, I I think this is the best we're going to see John Carlson. And good for them. Like, they, they're con- their they're window of contention. Do you have him up there for MVP? John Carlson for MVP? Um, I think it's McDavid's to lose. McDavid's to lose. I think because, like, you Do have you think to, he's contending for it, though? He's definitely in the contention for it. But I, if you're, if you're going to give Carlson any awards, it's got to be the Norris. got to be the Norris. I think he's it's his award to lose for... For Carlson, unless Kill Makar continues, like when he comes back from his injury, like he just goes on an absolute tear. But I think Carlson's got pretty much, unless he goes in a, on a slump or an injury, the Norris is pretty much his right now. Honestly, it's just the Capitals just have everything clicking. When you have your offense clicking, we have Alex Ovechkin leading your offense, and then you have John Carlson who's playing better than a forward <laughs> on defense, leading your off, uh, leading your defense. Like, Ups. Unreal. Stacked from top down. So um, right now, we will go into our interview. We have a special guest. Um, We'll cut to that right now. So stay tuned. All right. So see you guys in a few seconds. Let's go! This week, we have the opportunity to be joined by a very special guest. I'm sure many of you have heard of Bar Down, the ferociously interesting binge-worthy content from TSN, where their Bar Down team entertains viewers through a variety of sports-based skits, challenges, and most importantly, quizzes. Well, our guest today plays a big, big role on the Bar Down team. Having graduated from Ryerson University's sports media program in 2018, he got a start with TSN in 2015 as a writer for Bardown.com. After years with them, he became a producer at TSN. Now, he's a big fan of Jeff Bookaboom, a bigger fan of your Winnipeg Jets and a multi-time quiz w- winner, and the only person recorded history to escape <laughs> Winnipeg via plane. It's it's my <laughs> pleasure today to introduce to all of you Jesse Pollock. Th- that that was hands down the best introduction I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> That's good. What did you ferociously binge worthy? Ferociously interesting binge worthy content, which it is. It is. It is. It is. I can confirm. Oh, well, uh, thanks, fellas. Very flattering, and uh, I'm happy to be on the show. Awesome. Um, So first, I mean, how's your day going? Oh, day's going well. We just had uh, a potluck at work, which was nice, so I took full advantage. Nice, nice. What what, what kind Uh, of food is there? 
Uh, oh, we had everything. There was like fried chicken, <laughs> pad thai, lasagna. Yeah, yeah. The the, the, the tummy is going to uh, have a bit of a rough go, but <laughs> for sure, way it goes, I guess. Of for course, sure, yeah. for sure. Um, so I mean, first, uh, we want to talk about you a little. Um, how did you kind of get your start at TSN? So. On my first day of sport media, we were taken to TSN just as a tour to see the facilities, I guess. And um, we're going around, and then we saw that's hockey's Gino Retta doing a hit. And he said, guys, we know what you can do in school. We want to see what you can do outside of school at the same time. So I took that to heart, and I, I understood from very early on that this is an extremely competitive industry, and you got to be hungry. So... I had this idea, I guess, for Snapchat, where like it was kind of like a best Snapchat moments at sports games of the year. So I sent it to an executive at TSN at the time. Uh, just you know, I was just like, whatever. He had some connections to Ryerson, so he actually forwarded that to my boss now, Dave Crixt. And I was kind of just you know, they asked me to come in, and I was kind of just expecting like, oh, we're just going to give you like a tour of what we do and all this stuff. And I explained my idea, and my boss just on the spot asked me if I wanted an internship, and without even thinking twice about it, uh, I said yes because you don't you don't you don't even think about those things. You just take the opportunity and go. So uh, I did that. I I interned at Bardown, and then. Just throughout the years, like, man, I, I dressed as, like, a dinosaur in Jurassic Park outside. Like, that was one of my first jobs. And and looking back, it's, it's hilarious because it's such, mm. like, a, a funny job. But, you know, you kind of got to do those things. You got to pay your dues in this industry and just do whatever you're asked to, to kind of get to where you want to be eventually. So there's a lot of hard work. You know, like, everyone on the Bar Down team works very hard. Um, I remember in my fourth year of university, I was, like, doing overnight shifts for the Olympics while I was in school and I was on what I like to call the melatonin diet and it was <laughs> it was pretty nuts but yeah that's kind of how I got started here and it's just been a crazy crazy roller coaster ever since <laughs> that's awesome I mean I want to talk a little bit about bar down as well because I know you guys have you guys have tons of fans who probably look at bar down and look you know like it's a fun job they think they see it as you know it's just a fun job they do a lot of fun skits or, or quizzes things like that but i mean tell me about the reality of bar down like um what are what are some of the challenges even you know well it it is a lot of fun um we're very fortunate to be able to do what we do uh but i mean at the same time we're still working for tsn and there is pressure that goes along with that as well so what we do is we write on the bar down website com. that's obviously our base um you know we stick articles up there we write some cool original pieces on there as well. We're updating TSN social media ch channels like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those things. So like when something happens, we got to be the first people to do it. So we're always very alert while we're working. Um, and that's a reality, but half of it is that. And then half of it is making content. We're just constantly, and we'll even make content at the office. Sometimes we'll be like, Oh, like this is funny. Like I think I remember one time I accidentally broke a mug and I felt really bad. But then I just was like, oh, I'm just going to go get a hockey stick and pretend to clean it up and see how it does. And it like actually did not bad on our Burnout Instagram account. So, um, yeah, that that's kind of the reality. But we're always just trying to find ways to create new content that's never been done before. 
Yeah, what's the challenge of being a reporter and a fan at the same time? Because we see in the videos, you're pretty. It's pretty well established that you're a Winnipeg Jets fan. L- Luca is a well established Colorado Avalanche fan. We got some Leaf fans in there as well. Yeah, what's the challenge in that? Uh, I think the beauty of us working through Bar Down is that we're allowed to be a little biased because I think the whole part about Bar Down is that we want fans to be able to relate to us or feel like they're on our level and kind of like they're our friends. So if I'm going to cheer for the Jets, like, why, you know, what what's wrong with that? If I'm going to get, like, people chirping me about the Jets or, like, people encouraging me about the Jets who are also Jets fans or, like, the same goes for Luca. And, uh, you know, the guys that, and, like, Colin's a big Leafs fan and, and Z's a Leafs fan and Eric and those guys. So, um, Sam, too, of course. Um, so, Maris Roberto, also a Leafs fan. Um, so, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess we're in a pretty lucky position where it's okay for us to do that. But the way we actually report news on Twitter and Facebook and stuff, we understand like we have to be extremely neutral and, and you can't be biased on, on, on those platforms. Of course. For sure. I, I just want to say, I mean, you're on a podcast with two Leafs fans, by the way. So um, you're, you're pretty much surrounded by them here. Uh, <laughs> um, just a couple of, cu- couple of squids, eh? That's not the first time we've been told yeah, that. Yeah, not the first time. I mean, this, this uh, is essentially like a Leafs-based podcast, but hey. Um, but makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to know, um, when did bar down become like this fun place for sports content? Like, was it always like that? Or when did you guys get the green light to make more personality driven, uh, content? I know, I know the quizzes are obviously the biggest thing you guys have really. And, 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 uh, that, that's, that's fairly new. Like it's, it's been running a few years now, but I mean, uh, when, when did you guys kind of start going to, for sure. That? Again, like at first bar down was just we were really focused on the website and TSN social media channels, and I think once we started doing videos, everything just got taken to a new to a new level. Um, uh, I mean, my, our boss Dave Cricks has always experimented with um, different kinds of videos. Like he did this awesome video with Kerry Price and um, Marco Belchior, like the goalie from Goon who did oh, a great yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this one video, before we really started doing videos, and it's like doing really well on YouTube, and it was just a great, great video. So he's always experimented with things like that. And then um, Daniel Zachevsky, so DZ, the voice behind the quizzes, came to Dave with this idea, saying like, yeah, I think these quizzes could do really well. They could be engaging. And I don't think anyone really expected them to become what what they eventually became. But, I mean... You know, obviously, serious props to to DC for you know pushing for that idea. Props to Dave for allowing it to happen. Um, and uh, yeah, so I guess like people watch those because first of all, it's hockey knowledge, and second of all, uh, it's uh, it's fun to get to know the personalities. And then from there, we had a base where we're just like, okay, videos are working, so we're going to try doing other videos. So then Corwin actually like had this idea to we're going to go into a summer league team and then create these videos which i'm sure you guys have seen before the going bar down videos yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and those clash too and it was like really creative ideas that like colin thinks of our boss dave thinks of some of the other some other co-workers think of so i don't know i guess like it kind of we've been making videos for a while but the quizzes were kind of when we started getting more consistent videos coming out so yeah, I guess that's kind of like when Bar Down took the next step. For sure, because I remember the like I remember the days when you guys used to do the thumb league and things like that. Like I, Bar Down was kind of 
they've had a presence since then and, and even before that. But I think when, yeah, when the quizzes started and then the vlogs and the skits followed, it, it really blew up. For sure. And, and thumb leagues are great too. It's good that you say that because I guess it doesn't actually show anyone's like act like faces, yeah. but um, yeah, like I know Corin and Z have done a lot of thumb leagues together and like those have crushed uh, on our social platforms and they're, they're really, really funny. Like they're hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, did you guys foresee like the quizzes and I guess all the, like that, that shift towards more personality driven content? Like, do you see it kind of blowing up in this way? I mean, I mean, you guys just did, um, bar down live the, the live quiz like how's all that and, and how, how did you guys really foresee it as getting this big um i don't think anyone really could have foreseen it getting as big as it has become like it was i mean it's extremely flattering when we went to the, to the live quiz event like it sold out which was awesome we had people coming up to us and asking us to sign certain things and and take pictures with them and uh, like we're, we're just extremely grateful that we've got a, a good a great fan base that's loyal to us and like wants to get to know us and continue consuming us. Like we're, it's awesome because they want to see us and we're so grateful to have them watching our stuff. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. To answer the question, like I don't think anyone really could have foreseen Bardown becoming as big as it is now. And, and I really think that it can get even bigger and bigger. So at Bardown, we're just trying to do new things. And I think, as we keep doing new things, we're going to get more and more people. Hopefully we're going to start following us. Yeah. Um, sure. There's been plenty of videos that I could easily say off the top of my head are some of the best videos I've seen that you guys have made. Uh, I know for you, for sure, you guys have feel the same way about a lot of them. Uh, some of the viewers probably want to know this for sure. Um, which video skits uh, would you say is the your favorite? Um... Man, there have been so you've many done, you've done a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, a lot of crazy, funny, cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think the best moment I've had at Bar Down was definitely um, the Timur Solani for sure bit in the quiz. Uh, so, for those listening who uh, don't know what I'm talking about, basically, uh, we do these hockey quiz videos, and this time we were doing it in teams. So there's a couch that someone sits on and they were sitting with a blindfold on and then their partner's supposed to come into the room and surprise them and they're supposed to guess who it is. So um, for mine, I just let my partner sit down. I was told earlier in the day the team was supposed to come and then I was told that I wasn't going to be able to have any time with him. I'm a huge Jets fan. So, um, the, big, the biggest Jets fan, yep. honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, and, and Timu is like such a celebrity in Winnipeg. So sure. everyone went and saw people going in. So I put my blindfold on and, um, and then Z, DZ, the voice of the quiz is saying, okay, Jessica, you've got your blindfold on. Like you can guess who your partner is. And I guess he didn't foresee this coming, but I actually started touching Timu Solani's face. <laughs> and, and that was my coworker, Sam, because he also has a beard. So I was touching it. And then, uh, and then I actually went back to touch it again and there's video footage of this. You can watch it on the quiz. Yep. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I was told to take my blindfold off, and there I was, just holding Timu Solani's face. <laughs> and what was that like? What was what was Timu like? I mean, he's like literally one of the one of the goats. He's one of the goats of all time. Exactly. And, and, it, uh... Oh my! Oh, oh my god! My goodness! Like he's such a he's such an awesome guy. He's so humble. Uh, he's just very pleasant to be around, and. Uh, you know, everyone kept saying, like, you're told not to meet your heroes, but then you meet a guy like Kimmy Solani, and you're like, that was awesome. So, 
Yeah. Uh, it was a great experience, but, but I mean, oh my goodness, there've been so many good videos. Like Corn and I went to Sudbury with our, uh, co-producer and cameraman, Connor, an editor. And, uh, oh, it was just nuts. We pretended to be fake coaches and like all these NHL <laughs> players. Yeah. All, all of these NHL players. It was crazy. Um, have done some videos with, with, uh, you know, the quizzes are so much fun. Ducksworth was a great time. And, Ducksworth. Uh, yeah. I oh, still, man. I still want <laughs> Yeah, I still want Z to uh, to review the video. To, to, to give me that W. Yeah, and like I've done some small videos with um, with Luca that have been a lot of fun, and and uh, we did one recently with Eric when we tried to break Connor McDavid's record. And Marissa and I have a really cool video coming out that I can't really touch on too much. Like, oh, there's just been like I got I got new skates from a guy named Vince on our team. Like, there have been just like so so many videos like, i can't even i, I don't know like it, they've all been amazing and i just absolutely love bardown like we're having a great time over here. Sure. and yeah. we, need, we need more videos with that uh with those skates checking out those uh oh. those new skates those are beauties well i'd be lying if i said they weren't coming <laughs> yeah. good um uh yeah and uh also i was gonna say uh i think i saw people were saying uh you guys need to bring more players and like try to get uh you know you met your idol Try to get uh you know maybe Sakic for uh, Luca or something like that and uh, or maybe Patty Raw maybe I was <laughs> I was I, seeing I don't people think say, ever called him I that. was seeing people say Wayne Gretzky for uh, <laughs> for Corwin for, Cor- for Corwin yeah <laughs> that would be hilarious they'll get, in, they'll get into a heated argument over whether or not Gretzky could actually raise the puck <laughs> raise the, that that could be a challenge in itself. They should actually yeah. just, just go on the street or something. Like, let's, let's put it to the test. Yeah. yeah can you raise cool. the puck with Gretzky and then just have Corwin chirping from, like, the crowd or something? Like, you can't raise the puck, buddy. <laughs> there you go. There you go. For sure. Um, what, 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 what are some of the quizzes you'd like to see happen next? I know uh, you just you just took a dub a, a couple quizzes ago, but, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, I know you want to you wanna rack up some more, some more Ws there. Oh, well, I mean... Oh, quizzes I see in the future. Well, I mean, the NHL arena's run was pretty nice, but someone actually suggests that the live quiz that we do one on coaches, and I obviously have like a coaching character here at Bardell that you know I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind busting out for a quiz. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, definitely one on coaches would be would be pretty interesting. For yeah, sure. since you actually mentioned coaches, uh, there's one uh, particular video where you were uh, yeah, helping coach. Uh, yeah. yeah, the game with John Tavares. Yeah, uh, the uh, Felino's yep. uh, charity game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. We we well, we put out a, a tweet about um, you know we want fans to kind of give their um, uh, their questions in, and we got one um, about your feud with uh, Boone Jenner. <laughs> we want to know what that's what, what's he like. What's your what's your <laughs> what's your what's your relationship with Boone Jenner? Listen, what you saw was not fake. <laughs> I, 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 I can tell you that. Uh, you know, like I, I understand if he was a little annoyed by me. I was trying to have some fun, and maybe he didn't really get the gist of what I was trying to do. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't think Boone Jenner likes me very much. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I remember being like, "Hey, man, like." I think I know, like, I think your brother is dating a girl that I know from Winnipeg. And he's just like, oh, yeah, like, cool, man. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> like, whoa, like, maybe, like, maybe we can, like, have a bit more of a conversation about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I'd, for sure. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, maybe, like, we could talk about if he's at, like, what his thoughts on Winnipeg are and all this stuff. But I don't know. He didn't seem very interested in talking to me. So, uh, you know, like, obviously, I was being a bit obnoxious. So I can't say I blame him. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, like, but, 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 but it's all good. Like, he, he ended up being, a, a, like, a fine sport about it. But, uh, yeah, I just don't think Gen Z uh, loves me too much. <laughs> you guys try get him, get him on the quiz or something. Oh man, you guys oh, teaming up on a quiz that'd be surprise, pretty interesting. Surprise, surprise oh. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if he, I don't know if he'd be willing to do that, and if he did, he'd probably want to drop the gloves with me halfway through the bonus <laughs> round. Oh man. man uh, speaking of NHL players, though, I mean, you, you, you basically you've, you've been meeting a lot of them, um, doing a lot of uh, videos with them. Uh, who's a favorite player you've met, other than Timu, and uh, I'm gonna say other than. Jeff Bookaboom. <laughs> oh yeah, well, 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 well Boos is a beauty. Um, For sure. But oh, it's tough. I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting a lot of really cool players. I got to meet a bunch of the Jets a little while ago, um, which was awesome, and they were all really nice. Um, Mark Shifley signed my face, which was super nice of them. Um, probably, uh, probably the my. I mean, I've done some stuff with Zach Hyman. He's a really nice guy. John Tavares, I've got to do some stuff with. Probably the coolest guy, though, under the radar, like, very cool guy, was Andrew Kopp. Um, he was just a huge beauty. Like, I was around this guy. Like, all right. Like, this guy's teammates for sure really like him. Okay. Um, let's do some hot takes right now. Uh, cause... Yeah, we'll move into a little hockey. Uh, we we got to get you talking about hockey a little. we got to have some fandom talks. <laughs> a, little, okay. a little fandom here. Um, who do you think takes the cup? Oh man, that's so tough. Um, <laughs> other than the Winnipeg Jets. Ooh, okay. So it's either the Winnipeg like, Jets or either the Jets or the Leafs. <laughs> well, at least to us, yeah. Like I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Jets all the way. But um, if it's not the Jets, I mean. I've been leaning towards Washington for a little while now. I just think they're playing at such an elite level. I think, you know, there's always the possibility that they could run into a team like Pittsburgh in the playoffs and have a tough time with them. But Washington's just been so dominant. They have an extraordinarily elite defenseman, mm-hmm. John Carlson. He, he, like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's not even getting enough attention. Like, I'm pretty sure he's on pace for 111 points or something. Like, he's just been off the charts good. They have, they still have like, obviously one of the best goal scorers in the league. And mm-hmm. if they get the, if they can get the goaltending, then I, I think Washington is is the team to beat. I think they can beat Boston. Yep, Washington's a beauty, and we saw them last night. Uh, they pretty much took care of business with Boston. Tice game, they they took care of business, like I said. And I think yeah. like, other than them, probably for me, it'd be Colorado. Like Colorado's like sick this year, and Colorado's sick. Yeah, yeah and they might get Taylor Hall. If they can somehow make a trade happen, and if they do, holy smokes! Yeah, I mean, man, we'll Luke, see, Luca won't Taylor, Luca won't shut up about that. Then, <laughs> yep, I know, but like Taylor Hall's obviously unreal, but the guy hasn't won a playoff series yet. So yeah, let's hold our horse. Let's hold our horses <laughs> with that one. Yeah, but he's only played in five playoff games too. Like, yeah, well, exactly, exactly. All right, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, well, St. Louis is obviously a pretty deadly. Listen, I'm not just saying this, but the Winnipeg Jets are playing really, really good hockey right now. They are. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're a team that if they if 
if they keep up what they're doing now, I honestly believe they can make a deep push into the playoffs. Like if 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 we end up playing like Colorado or St. Louis in the first round, I think that's a very winnable series for us. Um, you know, a lot of questions about Buffalo leaving and everything like that. We lost four starting defensemen. Yep. Neil P- Neil Pionk is just not getting enough credit this year. He's been in- he's been unreal for the Jets. He's I, been I agree. Really, yeah. Such an he's been such an anchor for us. He's been fantastic. Josh Morris, he's been playing some really good hockey. Like Tucker Pullman is even like not not you know he he's holding his own back there. And uh, we, we you know we've got some forwards that are taking step that are, have really made a leap. Like Line is not scoring as much this year, but he looks like a better hockey player. He just looks like a more complete player. He's he, he's demonstrating some great hands. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers has been very good this year. He's been a difference maker for us. And like. You know, we lost Brian Little, and we moved Blake Wheeler to second-line center, and this was probably a move that was long overdue, and now the Jets are rolling. For sure, and uh, heading into the, I mean, the trade deadline, like, what do you, what do you, what moves do you think the Jets should make to kind of push them over into contention, like, like really go for it? Like, I think the obvious move is kind of to go for a defenseman, and, and one person who I didn't mention that I should have is like, Connor Hallibach has been fantastic this year. Oh, like, he really has. Crazy. Oh yeah, he has. Yeah. Been. Yeah, and yeah, and 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 Paul Maurice is certainly making a case for Coach of the Year at this point of the season. He's up there. He's up there. I'm not saying he's necessarily going to be the Coach of the Year, but he he should be considered. I still think Barry Trotz is doing a crazy job with New York. Um, but yeah, um, at the deadline, I think just a defenseman would probably be the play. We need a little depth there. Like the Jets just keep getting injuries on the back end. We keep losing people. So other than that, I don't know. It, it, it's weird. The, the Jets are just one of those teams that I, I don't know if they necessarily have to do that much, and I think that they can make a serious push in the playoffs. Of course. No, they, they've. They, you guys definitely got a good team there. Um, I wish us Leafs fans could kind of say the same. We're kind <laughs> yeah. Of starting. To, we're kind of going slow right now. We're not there I just mean, you guys, yet. You guys kind of started out a little, a little rough, but picked it up really quickly. And uh, <laughs> the Leafs are kind of the opposite, but you guys, yeah. you guys have a great team there. Here's a question. Uh, Hellebuck is definitely in the conversation for the Vesna. What do you think his chances are of winning both the Vesna and the Hart? Well, he's not going to win the Hart because goalies just don't yeah. really win the Hart, <laughs> and 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 who knows if they'll even win the Vesna? Um, I mean, there there have been uh, some other some other obviously very solid goalies this year, but I don't know if I'm if I'm picking a Hart winner, it's tough. Yeah. I don't know. There, there, there have been so, 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 so many good players. You're like, I mean, McDavid. You've obviously got to consider a number one. Like he's just been, he's just been dominant. But his teammates been pretty good too. Boston has some guys that are clicking right now. Like, oh, Nathan McKinnon has been fantastic. Yeah, John Carlson, crazy. John Carlson, a hundred percent deserves consideration. Although he's on like a very stacked Ottawa team. Um, yeah. So. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's it's going to be a close race, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm not necessarily sure that Howie Buck's going to win the heart. That's a tough thing to do as a goaltender. It's fine. You know what? Sometimes it could be. This could be the year that it happens. I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but stranger things have happened in hockey, like the Blues going yep. from dead last to the Stanley Cup. Definitely, definitely, <laughs> for sure. Um, so this one's to the viewers. I mean, you guys have you guys have a huge audience. Yeah, I was telling Michael, you guys have like meme accounts for bar down that in itself has like 25 20 20k followers <laughs> um yeah what, i mean 
obviously a lot of them are you know young uh maybe teenagers things like that what tips do you have someone for someone you know looking to get into sports media or looking to get in something like bar down i think the main thing is and i know i spoke at your guys ryerson panel not too long ago and what i emphasize is that you have to really want it um you have to want it more than anyone else and you have to be willing to do um you ought to be willing to do what you got to do to to get to where you want to be. And like, there's a lot of sacrifices you have to make. And I know that every person on the bar down team has had to sacrifice a lot to be able to do certain things that they want to do. Um, and, and the other thing I'd say is just make good relationships with people because you are not making it on your own in this industry. It's, there's just not a chance. Um, you have to be kind to the people who you work with you know, because you all have to help each other out and do certain things. And yeah, I mean, I work with some incredibly, incredibly talented people who are like so hungry to make good content and, um, very lucky to work with them. And they're just awesome people. Uh, so smart too. So yeah, I'd say you, you have to want it. You need to make good relationships and, and be aggressive. You know, like don't, don't sit back. If you want an internship somewhere, no one's going to get it for you except for you. So get on a computer, get on a phone, send an email, make a call and, and, and do what you want to do to get to where you want to be. For sure. Um, switching back into your, I guess your videos and things like that. Uh, I mean, we all know you love Jeff Bookaboom. Um, I, I, and I, I just saw it. I think you guys, uh, posted, uh, you guys did a video with him just, just recently, I think this week or last week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. That'll uh, be, uh, that'll be coming out soon. Great. I mean, uh, just tell me a little bit about your story with Jeff Bukaboom. I mean, like all your whole history with him. I know, I know it's a big running gag with uh, Bar Down, but I know you guys, uh, I know he means a lot to you. <laughs> so basically, Jeff Bukaboom coached me uh, at the World Jewish Junior Hockey Championships in Israel um, in 2009. And we just hit it off. He's got an amazing last name, and he was our coach. And He's just an absolute beauty. He's got maybe the best last name in sports. When you have a last name like Bukaboom, you're automatically a certified beauty. For sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He could he could hit like no other as well. And uh, he led us to a silver medal. We had a crazy semifinal game when we beat Team USA when we were huge underdogs. We wanted a shootout. So that was nuts. And yeah, Boos is just my boy. Like. <laughs> <laughs> He's just my boy. Do you guys keep in touch? Like, I mean, obviously he's going to be in a video, but like, other than that, do you just keep in touch with him? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Him and I, like, I message him every now and then to like, maybe do some stuff. We'll say, Hey, all this stuff. He's always such a good sport. He's willing to, he's willing to make content with us. And he's just a really nice guy. And, you know, I don't want to get too up in his stuff because he's retired and everything, but, um, he's just, he's just an absolute beauty. Like, Man, one one of my top bar down moments is when you when they uh, when you guys went to Montreal and in that video uh, they like come pick you up at at his house and <laughs> yeah it's just it's just like comedic gold like where he opens where uh, they open the door and then Jeff Bukaboom's there and then you pop out that was that oh, was, yeah. that was <laughs> hilarious one of my yeah, favorites man, me and Bo- yeah me and Bush were just chilling he was showing me his Stanley Cup rings and like we were he was showing me his shrine in the basement and. Man, he was just—he was just such a gem. Like he's just—he's just the man. Like I can't even explain it. He's just—he's a huge, huge beauty. He's a beauty. I'm um, going going off that. Like uh, 
I guess in any videos or who would you want to work with in the future? If you could pick any player or coach or anyone in sports, who would you want to have in a bar down video? Oh, that is you so tough. Anyone. Well, I'm very, I'm very fortunate to have done some stuff with the Jets already. Um, you know what? I, th- I think one guy who would just be jaw-dropping to work with would be Tom Brady. And Tom do something hockey, hockey related with them would be awesome. I think doing I think doing a hockey video with someone like JJ Watt would be pretty sick. Yeah, um, that's a good one. Do you have yeah. any ideas like what what you would want to do with them? Like any any specifics? Maybe I'll line up on one goal line. Watt will line up on the other goal line, and we'll skate to center ice, and we have to run into each other and just see what happens. Oh, dude, <laughs> we should do because uh, there's a crushed. Yeah, there was a video I remember seeing not too long ago of JJ Watt like doing a hardest shot, and it was like actually a decent speed. Because I, I want to know what his, yeah. what his speed speed is. Like that would be pretty something uh, something cool to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. JJ Watt, he loves hockey. He's he's all for hockey. So. I think doing something with one of those guys would be awesome. You know, obviously, again, getting the great one would be pretty sweet. Um, I mean, do, you, do you guys like yeah. um, doing, like, kind oh, of bringing, bringing oh. people from outside of... Oh, go ahead. What were you saying? I was just going to say Alex Ovechkin, too. Like, that oh, guy... Sure. That That guy is just, like, my hero. Like, I, I love that. <laughs> like, I don't know if he's my hero, but I've always loved him as awkward. And I love Sid, too, so... There's really so many people that I would love to do uh, a video with. Yeah. And do we enjoy bring? Do we enjoy bring people from outside? Yeah, like outside of outside of hockey, like uh, other athletes. I mean, obviously, hockey is like the foundation for bar down. But do you guys enjoy bringing other uh, kind of athletes or people in other kind of sports onto the uh, in onto bar down? Yeah, yeah. I, um, Luke and I had the the pleasure of doing a video with Tessa Virtue, which was awesome. We dressed as the characters from Blades of Glory. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, was, we were, we, yeah. I was going to bring up uh, when you guys brought on Kenny Omega. <laughs> oh, man. That video. That, 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 that Winnipeg imposter. <laughs> that, that guy thinks he's from Winnipeg, eh? I just uh, he He's chirping me for saying all these Winnipeg terms. Then I see him wish the Blue Bombers good luck out of the Great Cup. I'm like, yo, Pegs, like, you're not even from... Peg Vegas. Kenny, Kenny Opega. <laughs> Kenny Opega. I mean, we're not from Winnipeg, so do, do people really call uh, other other places or other things, you know, like they, they insert Peg in there? Well, yeah. Like, I mean, like Las Vegas, like Vegas of the North, um, Peg Vegas, uh, Peg Lanta is another popular one. Um, Former home of the Atlanta Thrashers. Uh, yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> in uh, a yeah. way. Yeah. Yes, Peg Lanta. Well, now it's home of your Winnipeg Jets. So. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pe- Peg Lanta is another good one. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, I call Vegas, I call Las Vegas all the time. Gotta love it. Of course. Any plans to do a video in Winnipeg? Because I know you always love to talk about it, and uh, there was that one road trip to Montreal. But I think. The fans would love to see yeah. you in Winnipeg maybe, showing maybe around bring the, crew. the bar down crew. Yeah. yeah, 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 to your home. So, so we actually did do a video in <gasps> there, yeah, a while ago. Um, not not recently. Like we did a music video. It's called "When You're a Jet." I, I encourage you to watch it on YouTube. Oh. It yeah. So to give it a look. Give it a watch. It's a, uh, I do a little singing, and it's from the playoffs a few years ago. So there you go. Uh, so yeah, it uh. 
I mean, it's been over yard. Long days, boys. Long days. Um, Absolutely so, agree. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I got to go to Winnipeg this past summer for the NFL game, which was also hilarious because the field had to get shortened, and it was just like such a weird scene uh, seeing an 80-yard field. Um, yeah, I, I, luckily I've been able to do some shoots in Winnipeg, and it's been awesome. That's awesome. I mean, I mean, we could tell you it's been a long day, so we won't keep you too long. No, um, no, no worries, boys. <laughs> um, have you guys, I mean, fans have been asking, have you guys ever had the idea of making a separate bar down channel? Um, I mean, yeah, we, we see that people comment on it quite a bit, but right now I think we're content just leaving it under the TSN yeah. uh, brand. But uh, yeah, that's kind of just where we're sitting at right now with that. Awesome. Okay. Um, let's just do some quick, uh, quick fire questions. Uh, not fire questions. Fine, what am I saying? Uh, let's do uh, lightning lightning round for questions. Awesome. Yeah. All okay. right. So let's do uh, your your predictions. Who in the Western Conference that's in the playoffs right now is not going to be in the playoffs by the time April rolls around? That's a good question. And we'll do it in the East as well. Wait. Sorry. Say that one. Say that one one more time. Yeah, no worries. Uh, who in the East and the West that's currently in the playoffs is not going to be in the playoffs by April? Who do you think? Oh, East first. Yeah, go for um, it. Um, I mean, I could definitely see Montreal slipping out of a playoff spot. Uh, I think they might have a bit of a tough time holding holding their own there. There's just a lot of good teams in the East. Like, I think the Leafs will eventually surpass the Canadians. I think Florida, Tampa, like, they're going to have a tough time. Even even Buffalo. Like, I think both of those teams will end up being out of the playoffs. Uh, and then in the West, that's tough, man. I think the right teams are in the playoffs right now. Like, Nashville, to me, has never really scared me. Um, one team I could see maybe falling out of the playoffs, if anyone, would be Arizona, but I don't see that happening. I actually see them making the playoffs. So we'll see. Like Nashville could creep in. You never know with San Jose when, when you know they're getting a new coach that could light a spark in them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think the West is, is pretty is pretty chill right now with the way it is. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you're, you're right about the Atlantic Division. It's pretty much a tire fire. Nobody saw that coming because you look think coming to the season, uh, you had Boston, Tampa Bay, and Toronto as the clear favorites to uh, make it out of the Atlantic Division into the playoffs. But it's been pretty crazy this year for sure. I, I have still have no idea who's going to make it in. Yeah, I don't know. I, I could see Buffalo and Montreal for sure both just slipping. Okay, let's talk about the Detroit Red Wings, everyone's favorite tire fire right now. Everybody knows uh, there's been five coaches fired since Detroit last won a game. Yep. (laughs) You didn't know know this? No, 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 I I did know this. Okay, Okay. what's the over-under on how many points they're going to finish the season with? So you've only got 17, and it's December. Oh. Oh, that's tough. How many more? How many wins are they realistically gonna get? You know, like they'll probably finish like what, fifteen more wins, maybe. Like totally doable. They gotta win one first. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They'll, 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 they'll probably finish with like I don't know, like close to fifty points, like around 45, 45 points. 
Maybe. Oh. <laughs> no, no. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe forty to forty-five. We'll see what happens. Totally doable, and uh, just as probably more likely is they're gonna finish in dead last and then lose the draft lottery. Which I mean, that always happens. That always, <laughs> happens. <laughs> always happens. Always happens. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um, who do you think? Uh, who do you think will take the the scoring uh, title? Uh, McDavid. McDavid. He's just he's he's out of control. He's <laughs> just out of control. Or be his teammates. Dries but I think right. it's gonna be Nick. Yeah. I think it's gonna be McDavid's a certified beauty, so he's for sure gonna win it. Um, here's here's one here's one you guys talk about a lot and then bar down. Uh, uh, pants or skates first? And I want I want I want you to be able to voice your reasoning behind it. Uh, pants or skates first? Yeah, uh, boys, you go skates first, okay? It's just way nicer flexibility to reach to reach the Adam foots. You know, oh, like I don't I, I don't I don't want to be like crawling over my pants. To do it my skate like, i just want to like i want to be able to move my legs you know like i want to be able to just stretch them out while i skate and like why do i need pants in the way of that i just find it so hard to put put the pants on with the skates on after like you're gonna rip it or something yeah exactly no nah, i found you fellas <laughs> if you got guards on you're howling it's like putting on like uh your jeans after you put on your shoes or something i don't know it's like that like, no, it just it I'm just feels you. weird to stick that foot through with when it has a skate on. No, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it, it's not hard at all. It's not hard at all. Okay, okay. Um, cage or visor? Cage, hundred percent. Why would I even risk losing any of my beautiful, massive jibs? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, for nice. some people, like they want to feel like uh, yeah, like the, a pro. The, the ice, like a pro. The breeze is going right in their face. I mean, I mean, you can I go cage. cage. I go cage. 100%. Yeah, yeah, I go cage too. Go cage. Not worth it. I'm not. I'm not gonna get in a beer league game. I'm not gonna get mess up my face or, or anything like that. Exactly. Exactly. Um. I mean, we're just wrapping up here. Uh, do you do you have anything? Uh, like anything that you can talk about that's upcoming? Anything planned that you want to plug? Anything? Um, cool? Well, we we just went on another road trip. Okay. Uh, as as we said on the, we we said the live quiz. So keep an eye out for that. It'll be coming in the next couple next couple months, and may or may not have just done a video with Jeff Boogaboom. So keep your eyes out for that too. I do want to know how long does a typical bar down video take to you know from filming to completion? Depends what it is. Usually, like we've got a lot of stuff on the go. Usually, yeah, and we got some guys that edit mostly too. So. Like for Z to do a quiz, you could probably get one done in around a week to a week and a half, um, even even less time sometimes. For sure. Any uh, any crazy stories you have uh, before we go? Any funny stories that you had the, the with the bar down crew or anything that's re- happened recently? Oh, where'd even start? I don't know. <laughs> there, there are lots. There What's are lots something that pops into your head? Um, I ended up signing a girl's jersey once and she thought and she was really upset after because she actually thought that I was Mitch Marner when I was dressed when I was when I was dressed like the coach she thought I was Mitch Marner and it was just a big misunderstanding and like it was a Leafs jersey and I felt really bad after <laughs> like, <laughs> I, 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 I thought I made it very very clear that I was not Mitch Marner and 
even the fact that she thought I was Mitch Martin in the first place is saying something. Does that happen very often? I mean, <laughs> yes, yes, it happens often. <laughs> and and I mean, even Marner himself denies it. Even Hyman denies it too. <laughs> yeah. and that's the funny part because everyone else sees it. I know, I know. But um, but you don't but think yeah. you you don't think you look like Sean Mendes like like Mitch Marner thinks he looks like Sean Mendes. Buddy, I wish I looked like Sean. Mendes. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. We all do. <laughs> hey, come on, let's go here. <laughs> honestly, let's, let's go. Let's go, Sean. Yeah, but yeah, honestly, uh, thanks for thanks for coming on our show, um, boys. Absolute pleasure. You you guys, uh, you know, I got to meet you, Matthew, but you know, you, you guys are both absolute gems, and and I really dig what you're doing, having a podcast. I had a podcast on Spirit Life too, oh, for and sure, uh, yeah. you know, you know, it's it's uh, it, it's important to do these things and get your reps in and and make connections and just do the thing, have fun. So uh, thanks for having me, fellas. I think this was just. A great, great time, and uh, looking forward to listening to this. For yeah, sure, of honestly. Course. Um, do you you can plug your uh, you know your Twitter, Instagram, and stuff for them to lo- for the listeners to you know follow you on. Uh, 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 follow Jesse underscore is underscore a squid because that's one of the burner accounts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you can give that a follow. Is that really a burner account? Or is that a fans account? That's that is a hundred percent like a. A burner account, like, like I mean, a fan. <laughs> well, well, no, no, not one of mine. Like, it's, it's a fan. Okay, account. okay, like, yeah, someone, yeah, just, yeah. someone just made it, but yeah, there's like one about my lips, and like it's very strange. You guys have, <laughs> you guys have a lot of uh, a lot of diehard fans in a way, in that sense. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, you're a certified beauty, Jesse. Beauty. Thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> no, thanks, so. you guys. Are squid the, you guys are the mainly, you guys mainly are the a beauty. beauty. <laughs> You guys are the beauties. You're half beauties, half squids, and uh, <laughs> and and, 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 uh, and I appreciate this. So thanks again, fellas, and take care. Yeah, take care, awesome, man. man. We'll talk to take you soon. Care. Have a good day. Let's go! Man, how was that? That was uh, that was quite the uh, conversation. Jesse's uh, Jesse's a beauty. Um, I told I told him uh, we'd plug in their uh, socials. So, I mean, obviously, go follow the Bar Down channel. Um, it's just TSN on tw- on uh, YouTube. All their Bar Down content is on there in playlists. And I believe there is a Bar Down account on uh, Instagram that you do have to follow, and they'll yeah. follow you back. So yeah, you for sure. In. Bar Down on Instagram. Um, Bar Down on Twitter. And let me just pull up his. Uh, Socials? His socials. Yeah, guys. Um, if you haven't watched the Bar Down quizzes, uh, you definitely should because they are some of the best content, uh, Toronto base, like Toronto base and Canada base sports that, content. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, sports content. You ever see ESPN doing any of that kind of stuff? Or, you know, like any of uh, not, a lot of other players or I mean, like players in the sports media yeah. landscape aren't really doing that. So, I mean, yeah, check out Bar Down. Exactly. Um, there's not much like it, uh, and it's one of the best content uh, you'll come across. Uh, it's hilarious. I spent, like, the last few days just... <laughs> I mean, I've, I've obviously watched it all, but I'm just re-watching it. It's, it's binge-worthy. Um, exactly. You can follow him on Instagram at jessepollock22, and on Twitter, you can follow him at uh, jpolly22. Great stuff, guys. You have to definitely follow him if you haven't already. For sure. Um, now we'll move into uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Finish Just, off the episode with a little Leafs talk. Exactly. Um, it's been a pretty quiet, pretty quiet week, um, in terms of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Just the way um, I like it. You know, just like uh, just like usual. You know, bouncing in the wins and the losses, uh, columns. Uh, but they played a great game. Uh, 
the other day against Vancouver. Mm-hmm. That was uh, one of the games that I would say is a good indicator of where this team's at and what things they need to work on. The good, their offense is looking much le- more lethal than it has been in recent weeks. Uh, they were very in sync and got a lot of quality scoring chances. Uh, Tavares is looking like himself again. The, the line in, as a whole is looking much better. Matthews was playing confidently offensively. Uh, Riley and Barry were jumping into the play. Uh, looks like Muzzin and Hollers are going to be a really good shutdown pair. And Anderson was back to his old tricks. It's a really good team right now. They think they're starting to have more fun again, and that's what you want to see. There's still some kinks they need to work on. Their defense is still a work in progress. As we saw in the game, they gave, like, what, 10 breakaways? Not something you'd want to do to protect a lead. And they probably should have lost the game in, in that uh, area alone. <clears throat> but credit where credit is due. They found a way to win. That's what you got to do as a good hockey team, and you got to keep playing like that if you want to have success where you find ways to win despite the odds probably being stacked against you. I really like the way they were playing on Tuesday. Now they're playing against another hot team tonight in Calgary. I'm really excited to see what this team has to has to offer. For sure. I mean, uh, going to the, like Saturday's game against St. Louis, I had my doubts. Um, you know, the Leafs are coming off a pretty bad uh, losing streak, two games losing streak. Uh, and I, I, I just wanted them to see, I, I just want to see them, you know, not get killed. Of course. By the Stanley Cup champions who, again, were sitting at the top of the West. Um, but they brought it. Yep. And and things just started clicking again. Um, their offense started clicking again. Um, uh, especially against Vancouver, we saw that John Tavares and, and pretty much that line. I, I think that was the biggest thing, bringing up Hyman back up to the, uh, the second line with Tavares and and Marner. I, I've been wanting that all season. Again, they they haven't been healthy, so that's why. But even when Hyman came back, um, he was played on the third line and not with uh, Tavares and Marner. Mm-hmm. But I think... That line is really clicking right now, and I really want to see a lot more from them because last season they were the hottest, the hottest line on our team. Yeah, and they they're the hottest line on the Leafs right now. Absolutely. Um, and the first line, Matthews and Nylander and uh, Janssen's obviously out, but I think this should be the time they kind of experiment with that line because I don't think Janssen was the answer on that line. I think they could find a better winger, and. Um, I just, I don't know, I, I was thinking Mikheyev, maybe try him out there, big guy who can, uh, you know, maybe get the, get, the, get them the puck a little more. I know Hyman, the big thing there was Hyman could get the puck for those two back when they used to play together in, you know, 2016, 2017, yep. um, and 2017-2018, um, he, he, he goes into the dangerous areas, gets the puck, passes off to the stars, you know. And, and they McKay- do their thing. And McCabe is a decisively fast player. Like w- sure. One thing I never really expected him to do was be as quick on his feet as he has been this season. And he's got a really long reach, which is something that is really good to have on the penalty kill. But more importantly, at 5-on-5, five five, he can uh, spring free loose pucks and uh, get them to uh, Matthews and Nealander. That's, and- what, that's what Matthews and Nealander needs. They, I mean, Johnson's good because he's skilled. Mm-hmm. Um, he's skilled like, Math- uh, like Matthews and Nealander. But I don't think having too much skill on one line necessarily spreads out that offense properly. Absolutely. Um, but it just started clicking um, the last few two games. And and defensively, that's the only thing that I, I still feel like they need to work on. And the backup goalie. For sure. Backup goalie, for sure. Um, I mean, that's a whole nother <laughs> topic in itself. I just put out an article about, um, you know, five backup options that the Leafs could you know look into mm-hmm. um I still think 
honestly, Ryan Miller is probably their best option. I ranked him as second because Tristan Jerry would be the best option, but he's just a little too expensive. But Ryan Miller just makes sense. He makes the most sense. Anaheim's not doing good. They're probably open to selling him. Um, he's on a contract year. Um, you know, he's he's not that expensive. Um, and he's a veteran. And I mean, we know um, a vet would be good for a backup. We know exactly. what happened last time. We took a gamble on a younger player. Tristan Jerry would set us up for the future, which is ideal. But, um, you know, if you can't pay up for Tristan Jerry, you get Ryan Miller. Yeah, exactly. Tristan Jari has been setting NHL rec- like team record for the Penguins this past week. And I think he's pretty much established himself as not only the best backup goalie for the Penguins, but potentially even overtaking Matt Murray as a, a starter. starter. Yeah. And I think it'd be ill-wise for them to trade away Tristan Jari right now. Uh, as much as I'd love for him to be on the Leafs roster, because he's definitely a huge upgrade over Hudson. Hell, even even Kaskazuo. But the cost is just going to be too much. And I just don't think the Penguins will even want to give him up. I, there, I know there's another goalie on the Penguins that people have been suggesting they should trade, but I don't know. Casey DeSmith. Yeah, he's not a bad option. But again, that's you're going back to the Garrett Sparks uh, conundrum. He's a young goalie. Yes, there's potential, absolutely. But is he the answer for this year? Because right now, the Leafs have not won a game with their backup. And it's pretty much hurting their chances uh, at being in a comfortable spot in the, the Atlantic Division. Because if you cut the uh, the losses for the backup goalies in half, I can guarantee you the Leafs would be up totally comfortable in second place in their division right now. For sure. Um, and then, I mean, again, going back to defense, um, I think that was the only area that I really think the Leafs still need to work on because, I mean, Freddie Anderson is insanely good, and yeah. we know that. Um, the Leafs' defense was giving up breakaways like I, th- I believe there was three For sure. on um, against Vancouver, and uh, I mean Anderson shut each of those breakaways down, but it's just showing like where's the defense? They need to be a little more accountable there, and it's not just breakaways. That's the most um, I guess obvious examples, but you could just see you know Jake Muzzin's kind of uh, regressing. He he started off hot like this season, very good. Started off really good, especially when Tyson Berry wasn't playing that well. Mm-hmm. Um, he really stepped up, and now he's kind of taking a step down. And I, 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 I think you, you also showed he's getting a few less minutes. Like it, uh, Sheldon Keefe kind of changed things up, but I would like to see more from you know Jake Muzzin, um, Tyson Berry for sure. Yeah. Um, and Morgan Riley, like everyone's talking about Morgan Riley, he's not been playing that well yeah there's uh, a lot of the big guns on the lease back end have been uh, struggling a bit of late uh, part of that might be due to injuries part of that is possibly due to the fact that uh, a bunch of them have been getting new linemates as i mentioned earlier justin hall is now spending time with muzzin on the second pairing and they're getting top uh shutdown minutes barry's now playing alongside morgan Riley, and they're trying to get each other going and that's a bit of an adjustment because both are more offensively inclined players and Cody Cece as well is still having a bit of an adjustment, even though I think he's most comfortable in the third pairing, playing alongside of Travis Dermott right now. So I think, like I said, I think for me, part of the reason why they're struggling, and it's it just has a lot to do with the fact that they're still getting a feel for each other and still getting a feel for Keith's system. It's not going to be an overnight uh, change. Like like one night they're playing terrible under Babcock, and the next, oh my goodness, they're amazing. That They figured everything out. We all knew that there was going to be adjustments. And I think once they get things figured out, they're going to definitely be way better than we've been seeing them. 
But I agree. Uh, I would love to see more out of them. I'd love to see more out of the big guys. And i definitely like to see more out of Jake Muzzin because Muzzin had a great start to the season. And he's been having trouble making a pass from his own end. Honestly, for sure. Um, the Leafs obviously have a big game today. Um, it's Thursday, um, the day we're recording this. And they are facing the Calgary Flames tonight. Um, and honestly, I, I, I don't even have any, like, three keys or anything. I, I just... They have to come out the gate playing like how they've been playing before, mm-hmm. like uh, the last two games. Um, they really have to stress offense. And uh, we know Calgary is a team that's been struggling. Um, take advantage of that. Don't don't let your guard down. They're not struggling, actually. They're the hottest team in the now league they right are. now. Yeah, now they are. Well, I mean, they were they were, they were were struggling for a bit, but a bit, uh, yeah. I think they've been inspired by this coaching change that recently came to be. I don't know how much of the players despise Bill Peters, but they definitely are getting a good vibe with Jeff Ward, and they're feeding off of it, and they're currently on a six-game winning streak and vaulting them right back into the Pacific Division race. They're sure. like literally two points behind Arizona and Edmonton, and they could easily overtake win, take over the division as Edmonton, early tonight. Edmonton, I think, is starting to show, you know, signs of uh, regressing a little. Like, mm-hmm. si- I still think they're the real deal. They, they definitely are, but they're showing those signs of inexperience in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't gotten this far in a few years. Um, they're showing that, like, the, um, they're being a little streaky. And, uh, yeah, they, they just got to watch out because Calgary, like you said, is right behind them. And Arizona has been a huge surprise. Um, but, again, Leafs just need to go in today right out the gates playing like they, they've been playing, and they really need to tighten up that defense. Yeah. Um, part of it for Edmonton, just to quickly mention it, uh, they've been relying heavily on Drysaddle and McDavid, as I mentioned many times. Uh, they can definitely lead them to success, and they have done it so far. But I'm wondering when that fatigue factor is going to come in, because eventually they're going to hit a wall, and their their effectiveness level is going to decrease. Because this is a this is a marathon, not a sprint. As much as I love to see McDavid and Drysaddle just light up the league, 82 games, it just is not going to happen. And if they struggle. Teams like Calgary and Arizona, who've been playing very well of late, Arizona especially, have been a huge surprise. And let's not forget about uh, Vancouver. And, of course, Vegas is in the conversation. They can easily overtake Edmonton. Edmonton, like like I mentioned many times, needs a forward help. Because if they don't, they're going to fall out of favor. That's what I think. 100%. And, I mean, as the trade deadline approaches, I think Edmonton's kind of outlining themselves as being a buyer for once. Um, being the team that they, they want to get those pieces to, the, you know, make a really yep. strong run this season. We'll see who they get. I mean, you know, like Cough, Taylor Hall. <laughs> oh, that would be really nice. You know, for Edmonton. Uh, maybe bring him back. Um, that would be really nice. I feel like that's the perfect player you want to spread out that offensive, um, that offensive, you know, uh, load. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but hey, we'll see. Exactly. Um, just going back to Lee's for a second. Uh, right now. They are outside the playoff spot, but just barely because they're only two points removed from Montreal it's and close. Buffalo. It's going to be tight all the way, unless one of the teams in the other teams in the Atlantic besides Boston goes on a hot run. And Boston might struggle, and they might fall out of favor. It's totally doable. Yeah, and just like um, Jesse talked about, like I, I think Montreal fall out. He said um, Buffalo. I actually think Buffalo. This might be the year Buffalo. They could makes. I think at least wild card. I think they've they've been. I think it's time for them mm-hmm. to get their get their act together and kind of make it. Um, we'll say this about Buffalo real quick. They have a really nice team, but it's like Edmonton. They were relying pretty heavily on uh, Jack Eichel and his line mates to produce. And I wonder when that fatigue factor is going to set in for them as well. For sure, it's just the Atlantic is just 
tough this year. It's like it's flipped on it's flipped upside down. But that's that's the scary part because you know the best teams for some reason are at the bottom, but they're just gonna start shooting up. Exactly. Um and there's new there's new contenders, Buffalo, Montreal, even Florida. Mm-hmm. And then there's Toronto and Tampa Bay, but you know they're just right behind and you know they're they're a contending team. It's anyone's it's anyone's division at it this really point. Is. Even even though Boston's currently in first, they've been struggling, and I think they can. It's still a winnable division for anyone. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'll leave. I'll leave this podcast on this note. If the Leafs want to make a playoff uh, push this season, they just need to string together wins this month for sure. Mm-hmm. This month is crucial. They need to string together those wins. I definitely agree with you on that. And the other thing for me too. They gotta find the backup goalie. They gotta 100%. have that figured out because they're throwing away free, exactly. well, not free wins, but they're throwing. They're essentially just throwing out games before they even get to the, the game. You know exactly. And the part and the big part of the problem too is that uh, a lot of the the losses early in the season were to divisional rivals. And earlier this this month, we had them playing against Buffalo twice back to back, and they lost one of them in regulation, and they gave him a point in overtime. And already that's looking like it's going to haunt them if they don't get their act together. So it's very crucial that they figure out the backup goalie situation. We've talked about this many times, and I'm just going to say this here. If they don't get a backup goalie, I really hate to say this, but they're really going to hurt their playoff chances. 100%, because like I said, they're throwing away games before they even, you know, they even play those games. Yeah, or if Hutchinson can finally figure it out, that would be greatly good too. What's more likely to happen? A trade. Uh, a trade, yeah, exactly. And the Leafs need to do that as soon as possible. Exactly. And I'm, I'm saying I'm watching Ryan Miller. Keep him on your radar. Exactly. Or just any other backup goalie. Just take a look at them, see what's going on. For sure. So um, that was our episode. Um, we want to, again, thank Jesse Pollock for coming on. Um, big things coming. We're going to take a, a bit of a break for the yeah. holidays. Um, we'll come back in January. That's when you guys will hear us next. Exactly. Um, and so you can follow me at uh, on Twitter at matt underscore rodrigo underscore and you can follow me on twitter at the leafs imo for leaf stuff and also just in general stuff um but before we do go just want to wish you guys a happy holidays whatever happy holidays, holidays you're yep. celebrating uh hope you have a good festive time of year with with loved ones friends and family and uh hope the new year brings uh good stuff for you guys and uh a leafs cup hopefully <laughs> well they gotta make the playoffs first for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, happy holidays and uh, thanks for listening, guys. All right. We'll see you guys uh, in the new year. See ya.